Okay, first of all, thank you for every praise, and thank you for pulling out instruments out of the closet. And sorry, but I had the instrument up there earlier, and they given me permission to use it. So I was like, where is the tambourine? <laughs> now, if next week it's gone, I'll know that my permission has been taken away, and I will accept that kind of. <sighs> my name is Pastor Deborah, and whether you're here in person, you're online, watching today or later in the week on Facebook, repeat, or YouTube, we're glad you're all here to worship with us at St. Elmo United Methodist. Today is the seventh day of Easter, seventh Sunday of Easter, so we finished the Easter season today, and it's also Ascension Sunday. Now, besides holding up water, this is Ascend. Do we know what Ascension Sunday is, all of us? If you do, raise your hand and I'll quit my next thing. Okay, about half, okay. Um, mm, that's enough for me to go ahead and be a teacher for a moment. Ascension Day is 40 days after Easter. It, Ascension Day falls on Thursday. But we don't gather during the week in the Methodist Church for services, so we celebrate it on Sunday. It connects to our faith in several ways. Nicene Creed, Apostles' Creed. Most of us are more familiar with Apostles' Creed in the Methodist faith. You can look it up in the hymnals. But it also connects to our United Methodist faith because John and Charles Wesley considered this to be an important time in the faith too. Charles is the one who wrote the hymns, right? He wrote seven Ascension Day hymns and created this little pamphlet and then later wrote more hymns. Thank goodness. <laughs> the praise team decided not to sing all of Charles Wesley's hymns, but look them up. They're in there. Now, John thought it was important, but he never wrote sermons on it. But he considered Ascension Day as one of the three holy non um, Sundays, Good Friday, Christmas, and Ascension Day. A little Wesleyan history today. And it's in our book of worship. So, with John and Charles Wesley, we remember that Jesus ascended to heaven on this day. He took his rightful throne as Lord of the whole earth. And though Christ is not bodily present with us, he continues to love us and longs to receive us into the presence of God, to dwell with him throughout eternity. That's what this day is about. As we prepare to look at today's passage on Ascension information and the theme, will you pray with me this prayer of illumination? God of light, Open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. And all God's children say, Amen. Today's scripture passage of only ascension is taken from Luke, Luke 24, verses 44 through 53. Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, 
that everything written about me in the law from Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He said to them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And a change of heart and life for the forgiveness of sins must be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. Look, I am sending to you what my father promised. But you are to stay in the city until you have been furnished with heavenly power. He led them out as far as Bethany where he lifted his hands and blessed them. As he blessed them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. They worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem, overwhelmed with joy. And they were continuously in the temple, praising God. The word of life. Thanks Thanks be to God. There's a lot in this passage even gears us up for next week. The heavenly power being furnished to them that gives them permission to leave? Pentecost. So stay tuned. And today's passage isn't too far off from last week's passage from John in which Jesus told the listeners that the advocate, the companion, the Holy Spirit would be coming to teach and guide and instruct them and would be with them. However, in today's passage, Jesus adds a few things. He adds his teaching on the death and resurrection. And he reminds them who he was and what his mission was. And then this passage ends a bit differently than last week's passage. So let's take a closer look at it. Jesus is preparing the disciples for his transition. He is leaving them. But he's not leaving them unprepared. Notice that. Speaking of transitions, two weeks ago, Natalie Hansen was here, and she also was preparing you for transition. She preached a sermon on transition, just kind of reminding us all how things work, and, and just as a way for us to prepare for endings and new beginnings. On my last Sunday here on June 12th, we will also cover some additional important liturgy for transition. There are things that we do as we leave and prepare for another pastor to come in. And by the way, what you don't see behind the scenes is a ton of work being done to prepare for this transition. So be in prayer, if you're not already, for all your leadership and all the people and all the work being done. Now we all face transition in our normal lives too, at one time or another. Transition of jobs, transition of life, transition of one grade to another, like school's out, school's out for the summer, don't everyone start singing? But people are moving up in grades, right? I I see at least three students in here out of school, moving grades. That's transition. Parents are like, yes, it's summer. (laughs) And kids are like, yes, it's summer. And then we 
we transition to a new grade. That takes some preparation. Transition, no matter what it is, isn't always easy. There's things to let go of. Things to unlearn. Things to take off. Things to learn. In verse 44 of today's passage, Jesus tells the people that everything must be fulfilled. That's a lot. Thank goodness that Jesus saying that. And thank goodness for us there's grace. I don't know about you, but in my areas of trying to transition things, there's going to be big gaps and potholes. And I'm expecting grace to cover. But then in verse 45, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Did you catch that? Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He'd never done that before. Think back to when Jesus teaches. He gives parables. He asks questions. Never does it say that Jesus opened their minds to understand. Here, he does that. And then he went on to plainly remind them that the Christ will suffer and rise again and a change of heart and life for the forgiveness of sins must be preached in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. It starts in Jerusalem and goes out. Ripple effect. I don't know if you've experienced a conversation like this with anyone before, but think about it this way. This is a heart-to-heart conversation with Jesus. He's right there with them, one-on-one, one to the group of disciples, saying, this is what's going to happen. He gives them last-minute reminders of everything that he had taught them in that short period of three years. He wants to emphasize things one last time to make sure they get it. And so this time, he opens their minds to understand so that they do get it. And there's no question about it. And then Jesus says, you are the witnesses of what I've taught. You're the first-hand witnesses of everything. So what's expected of them? They're now expected to go share everything they've seen and heard to those who aren't first-hand witnesses. That's quite a lot to absorb at one time, isn't it? And so when I say I don't know if you've had those one-on-one conversations, in my tra- one of my transitions, you know, I'm going out, And I'm going into family ministry, taking two businesses. I'm becoming the manager of family businesses. That's a lot to learn. And I'm being taught everything I need to know that's important at this time. It's those conversations. End of life, moving on, all kinds of things. It's a lot. And that's what's going on here with Jesus. 
It's like, I'm leaving you. Are you paying attention? Can you imagine being there with Jesus, intently listening to Jesus, soaking it all in? Remembering the law and the prophets, all those teachings, and starting to put all those pieces together, yet still being confused by it all? I don't know about you, but I get confused by Jesus and all his ways at times. So I cannot imagine the disciples not having all the pieces of the puzzle, nor the box top. Jesus seems to understand how overwhelming it is to them. He says to them, look, I'm sending to you what the Father Father promised. And what Jesus is sending is the Holy Spirit, that companion, the advocate. Jesus knew that to leave them without anything else would be a little overwhelming. So Jesus says, hey, you're not going to be on your own. They're still going to be taught, reminded, guided. And that's what we are as well. But what happens next? He led them out as far as Bethany. Bethany from Jerusalem is not that far, so they go out on the road a little ways. He lifts his hands and blesses them, and then he is taken up to heaven. Can you imagine standing there? watching Jesus ascend to heaven. Wow. Some pretty powerful stuff. And then wondering, wait, what was all that he said? But they were joyful in that moment. They just praised him and went back to Jerusalem to wait for the next thing. They waited for the next thing. Jesus' time was over. He was passing that baton, so to speak. So they worshipped him, and they were overwhelmed with joy. How often are we overwhelmed with joy when we think about Jesus? And they praised him continuously. Now, they went back to the temple inside to praise God, right? I think we've learned during pandemic time, it's not necessary to be inside a place to praise God, is it? Now, it's good that we're here together, together gathered here to praise and worship God today. But some of us are online. Some of us could be outside at the beach or other places. We can praise God anywhere and everywhere because God is everywhere. But that's how they did it then. We can praise God when we're handing out food boxes. We can praise God while we're handing out clothes and food and doing Easter celebrations with the homeless, while we're preparing the food for the homeless. We can praise God when we're in the grocery store and when we're driving down the road and people may be waving to us because we're going too fast or too slow or whatever it is. We can praise God everywhere. It's not just set apart. Fill in the places that you can praise God and maybe challenge ourselves. Well, I didn't think I could praise God in my job. Hmm. Well, I didn't think about that on the road because there are times I don't want to praise God on the road. 
But we can praise God everywhere. And we can worship God everywhere. Everywhere God is, that's where we can praise God and worship God. When we think about Jesus being taken up into heaven, where does that leave us? Do we think we're left alone? Or do we understand, like the disciples, that we are not left alone, that we have a companion, a whole, the Holy Spirit, the advocate, that just because Jesus is not with us in body does not mean Jesus is not with us. We have Jesus' teachings and examples. Do we have the scriptures? But we have that ongoing teaching of the Holy Spirit that is new and fresh and will take us in new directions if we'll listen and obey. Sometimes it's a, it's a temptation to go back and think, well, Jesus is gone now. We must do it this way and not listen to the Holy Spirit, the companion, the advocate. But Jesus said, hey, don't give up. I'm sending someone to be with you. And besides the Holy Spirit, we have each other. A community of faith. Look around for a moment. If you're online, uh, type in that you're here so we'll know that you're here with us. But for you in person, look around. Just These are the people that you're walking the journey with. See? We're not alone. Amen. And we're not meant to be alone. We've got Jesus, though he's not present in the body. We've got God through the Holy Spirit, and we have one another. Through whom the Holy Spirit in Jesus lives and reigns and comes through. As a community, we're committed to loving each other. To being with each other through the good times, the bad times, through grief, through joy. Now, if you're not sure about that, we're going to do that in a moment here. Because we have three people joining us in the faith community. And we're going to remind each other that, yes, as a community, we support one another. We do it anytime someone joins. We do it anytime we have a baptism. We say we're going to support one another. And that doesn't just mean we support one, one another on Sunday morning. It's 24-7. So today we do. We have new members joining, and we'll do that in a moment. And that's a celebration. So just like the disciples after Jesus ascended, they celebrated and praised God. We're going to praise God today with our new members. We're also going to have a celebration afterwards for those who can stay a little bit, for us to get pictures of the new members, and then quickly go around back. We're changing the sign on our playground. It currently says, keep out, no trespassing. And then when you look beyond the sign, it says, there's a huge mural that Mike Rice painted in the summer of 2019. It's beautiful. And it says, Jesus loves the little children. Keep out, no trespassing. <laughs> if you can explain how that shows Jesus' love, I'm willing to listen. However, council has worked hard and worked with insurance to find a way that we can 
show God's love and community and be hospitable and still cover our insurance tracks. So that's another celebration today that Jesus loves little children will now be unsupervised play area. Enter at your own risk in the signs up front. But if you can stay around for us to put that up and just make that a celebration. Because with Jesus, it's all a celebration if we'll allow Jesus to walk with us. Will you pray with me this prayer of ascension? Lord of life, we do not know the face of the future. Any more than your disciples did. Like them, we have many questions. Like how to live, how to bear witness. Like them, we thirst for the spring waters of the Spirit. We thirst for you to inspire us in our living, to give us a heart language in our testimony. You've been raised in glory that we might rise with dignity. You live in power so that we might live in peace. You are present everywhere that we might be fully present in our own lives, to ourselves and to one another. This we believe. This we step out on faith. Amen.